knows what he's doing. He don't owe me an explanation, and he don't owe me a thing. There's times that I ask God to do little things, and thought, it's so little, God ought to do that. It's just a little thing, and then God didn't do it. And I think, well, God, you, you really let me down. You know, the truth of the matter is, God didn't let me down. God can see, God can see in the little things. Uh, sometimes the little things are a whole lot bigger than we think they are. And he don't owe me a thing this morning. He don't owe you a thing. Boy, I'm glad he gave me everything. On the cross of Calvary, he gave me everything when he gave me his son. I want you to go with me to the book of Hebrews this morning. Hebrews in the second chapter. And uh, I'm, I'm honored that you're here. I appreciate you being here. If you go here, or if you're visiting with us this morning, I'm, I'm honored either way. Uh, I'm honored that you go here because you know who's going to be doing the preaching. And you come anyhow, that's an honor to me. Uh, and I, I bless the Lord for that. Uh, and then if you're visiting with us, uh, somebody, uh, no doubt probably, told you or invited you, and so you're here. And I'm honored that you're here this morning. And I'm praying that God will uh, help us in this service, in these days, in this hour, Give us what we need. I want you to understand that church is eternal. Uh, the word of God is eternal. What's going on this morning is an eternal work, whether you realize it or not. It's not an entertaining work. The church is not to be entertaining. Uh, I enjoy listening to singing. I enjoy listening to preaching, but preaching is not to be entertaining. It's not what its purpose is. and it, You may find it entertaining from time to time. You may find the singing entertaining. That's nothing. Don't mean there's something wrong with the singing or the preaching. Uh, but that better not be all you find. Uh, I'm glad there's truth being preached. And uh, I'm glad there's uh, the word of God being opened this morning. Hebrews and the second chapter. Let's stand all over the building out of reverence and respect for the word of God. I want to read about, uh, about uh 14, 15 verses this morning out of chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him. God also bearing them witness both with signs and wonders and with divers miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his own will. For unto the angels hath he not put in subjection the world to come whereof we speak? But one in a certain place testified saying, What is man that thou art mindful of him? Or the son of man that thou visitest him. Thou madest him a little lower than the angels. Thou crownest him with the glory and honor. And didst set him over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things in subjection under his feet. For in that he put all things, or he put all in subjection under him. He left nothing that is not put under him. But now we see not yet all things put under him. Verse 9, but. We see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, 
crowned with glory and honor that he by the grace of God should taste death for every man. For it became him for whom are all things and by whom are all things in bringing many sons into glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. For both he that sanctifieth and they who are sanctified are all of one, for which cause he is not ashamed to call them brethren, saying, I will declare thy name unto my brethren. In the midst of the church will I sing praise unto thee. And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, behold, I and the children which God hath given me. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is, the devil, and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you this morning. Lord, we thank you for the word of God. God, I ask you now that you'd help me, Lord, as I preach. Uh, God, I pray, Lord, just as I've read the scripture this morning, God, that you would uh, take that holy word and, and convict someone's heart today, whatever their need may be. God, maybe there's someone lost, and God, they need to see Jesus for who he is. God, maybe there's someone saved, but they're, 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 they've forgotten. God, they're struggling this morning. I pray, God, that they'd see Jesus for who he is this morning. God, touch me as I preach the word of God. Lord, I pray you'd give me wisdom. I pray, God, you'd give me unction. I pray, God, you'd give me utterance to preach your word. God, I realize, God, that I'm just a man. Lord, if you don't help, the Holy Spirit of God don't work. God, this will, uh, my, my part, my effort, God, will be in vain. And God, I pray, Lord, that you'd help me this morning. God, I pray, Lord, that the word of God would not fall on deaf ears. God, meet with us. Lord, we'll love you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated this morning. Uh, look back with me in the ninth verse, Hebrews chapter 2 and verse number 9. Paul, I believe, is the author, even though uh, there's, it's an unknown author, but I believe it was the apostle Paul who wrote the book of Hebrews. And in uh, verse number 9, uh, we see this statement, but we see Jesus, but we see Jesus who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death. I, I want to preach this morning on that thought. We see Jesus. Uh, there's a lot of folks looking for him in one way or the other. There's a lot of folks trying to find him, trying to find out about him, trying to figure out was he really a man, was he a myth, was he, uh, was he who he said he was. Uh, there's scholars today that still study. They, they say to me, I don't know, they say, I, I, I read and saw somewhere in the news that they have restored his tomb. Uh, he's all the talk and always has been of, of those uh, uh, trying to prove him and those trying to disprove him. Uh, I preached it to you last week, uh, and I'll say again to you, all of those so set and bent on trying to disprove him is just proof to me uh, 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 of who he really is. And I needed no proof. Thank God I had the word of God. Uh, I didn't need extra proof to believe. Uh, but it is a proving factor that the world hates him so much that they'd spend billions of dollars just to try to disprove that Jesus uh, really is the Son of God and God the Son. 
And, and, and so the world is looking for Jesus in one way or the other. They're trying to prove him some, and some are trying to disprove him. And, and let me go ahead and say this as well this morning. I appreciate folks trying to give us information to prove Jesus, but you know what it'll take for somebody to believe Jesus. It'll take the work of the Holy Spirit of God to reveal the truth of the Word of God to their heart and to their mind. And I'm telling you this morning that Paul makes this statement. He said, but we see Jesus. Can I tell you uh, that Jesus is clear to be seen uh, uh, if you're looking in the right places? Uh, I'm going to give you some of them this morning. Uh, Somebody said, well, preacher, I'd like to see him. Where can I find him? I'd I'd like to know him. I want to know more about Jesus. Where where can I see him? Where can I find him that I might know more about him? Well, uh, I've got an answer for you this morning. And uh, we're going to have to see him through the eye of faith. Uh, We walk by faith and not by sight, according to Scripture. But one day we'll see him face to face. But I'm glad, thank God, by by faith I've seen him. Uh, That's what Paul's talking about. We see Jesus, and and I'm going to show you some places in this book of Hebrews this morning where Paul says that we see Jesus. First of all, I want to say to you this morning that we see him in creation. In creation, we see Jesus. You say, preacher, I didn't know Jesus was there. I thought he was born uh, of a virgin in in Bethlehem uh, uh, some 2,000 years ago. Uh, He was. Uh, But I want you to understand this morning, he was there in creation as well. Uh, You say, preacher, how could he be born uh, several years later, several thousand years later, and still be there in creation? I'm telling you this morning that God... uh, Uh, and His Son and the Spirit are one. Uh, They are one being. God said, uh, the Lord Jesus said, uh, I and my Father are one. He said, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. And Jesus was there uh, in creation. You say, preacher, you're going to have to give me Bible. I I want to invite you over to chapter number one of the book of Hebrews and verse number two. It said, hath in these last days spoken unto us by His Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he hath made the worlds. Now you're going to have to believe your Bible, or you're not going to believe your Bible, but according to my Bible, the Son hath made the worlds. That's according to Scripture. John chapter 1 and verse number 1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. You say, preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying in Genesis chapter number 1, in the beginning God... God. Jesus was there in the beginning as the creator God. If It was by him that the world was made. I'll go back to John 1 again. In the beginning was the Word. Who is that? It's the Lord Jesus. And the Word was with God and the Word was God and without him was not anything made that was made. You see this morning if you're going to see Jesus you can go all the way back to the very beginning uh, and Jesus was there with the 
Father, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. You say, preacher, I can't believe that. You'll have to, you'll have to believe that or you'll not be saved. Somebody said, preacher, how can somebody get saved? I don't believe God's the creator. I don't believe so this morning. I, 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 I believe this morning. You can't, you can't believe man's mentality and the word of God as well. You're going to either go to Genesis 1 and verse 1 and believe every bit of it, though you can't explain it, or you're going to die and go to hell lost. You say, why? Because if you can't get past Genesis 1, 1, that he's the creator God, then all the rest of it, you're going to have a hard time believing in the beginning, God created. I want to say to you, Paul writes to us in Hebrews verse number one, or chapter number one, and talks to us about He made the worlds. And I want you to understand that if you're going to see Jesus, you're going to see Him in creation. I'm glad, thank God, this morning that He had us in mind on that day of creation. He created the sun, the moon, the stars. He put everything. He spoke everything into existence that was. Somebody ought to say Amen right. I'm glad I didn't get here by uh, by osmosis. I'm glad I didn't get here by a big bang. I'm glad I didn't get here this morning by an evolutionary theory. But I'm glad, thank God, I had a creator uh, that stepped out uh, on nothing uh, and said, let it be, and it was. And thank you say, preacher, I don't believe that. I'm telling you, it takes you more faith to believe uh, that there was nothing uh, and the nothing blew up into something uh, and created everything we see today uh, than to believe that in the beginning God has said let it be and it was you see he was there in creation it takes a whole lot more faith to believe evolution it does creation somebody said a preacher have you ever seen God then how are you going to believe in something you hadn't ever seen well I want to say by the eye of faith one day I'm glad I did see but somebody said preacher well that's faith I'm telling you it's just as much faith to believe were you there when this thing exploded and blew up into what it was no and neither was anybody alive and by faith they are believing in a lie by faith. It takes much faith. It takes more faith for the evolutionists to believe their religion than it does for the Christian to believe his or her religion. We believe uh, that there was a divine creator God. We believe that in six days he spoke everything into existence. We believe that God created the heavens and the earth and the universe. We believe that God uh, God come down to this earth uh, and he scooped up that dust of the ground and breathed life into that dust uh, and out of the ground came Adam. God created a living being. Uh, we believe that God created his wife Eve uh, and God uh, gave us this earth. God created. Evolutionist says uh, in the beginning there was nothing except space and matter. And I've got a question, where'd that come from? You can back them all the way up. You can keep backing them up. And they say, well, this came from this. And they say, somebody say, where'd man come from? And they'll tell you, I'll say, well, man came from uh, monkeys and we're all primates and, 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 and we used to walk like this and now we stood up straight. And, 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 and I uh, and, and, and I've seen some folks act like monkeys. Somebody help me right there. Uh, but, uh, I, uh, I, I, I'm glad, thank God. You say, preacher, well, you say, preacher, how come we got so many similarities? Cause we got the same creator. 
I mean, that's a real easy explanation. We got the same Creator, and it created a lot of things the same. But we all got a lot of differences as well. And and, and they say, well, we come from a monkey. You say, where'd that monkey come from? And they say, well, uh, it came from a uh, well. We came from a Neanderthal. Where'd it come from? Come from a monkey. And where'd the monkey come from? They can trace it all the way back to a tadpole. Where'd the tadpole come from? They take you all the way back to a Big Bang that took place. Well, where'd the Big Bang come from? And it came from matter and space and time. Where'd all that come from? And they're going to get to the conclusion that I don't know. I, I have no more answers. Can I tell you something this morning? Uh, if you're going to see Jesus, you're going to see him as the creator, God. Uh, that's, uh, you say, preacher, you know where he came from? I have no idea where he came from. All I know is in the beginning. My Bible starts in Genesis 1. Uh, in the beginning, God. You say, you believe that, preacher, with every fiber of my being. Uh, in the beginning, God. That's all I need to know. And God said, let it be, and it was. It's not as hard as folks make it out to be. I mean, uh, listen, I, I'm not a wise man by the world standards. I don't have all the learning and education as some of our great scholarly minds of this day that we're living in. Uh, but some of the things that they put out to sell us and get folks to believe and people will grab a hold of it and believe is beyond me that man would believe such a lie and a fairy tale. They call God a fairy tale. They call God, uh, a, a, they call God a lie. They call God a, a, a farce and a folly and a fairy tale. I'm telling you this morning, you talk about a fairy tale, you talk about evolution and the Big Bang. I didn't come to preach all of this this morning, but I did come to tell you that God was there in creation, and if you want to see Him, you'll see Him in creation. You'll see God, the Word of God said that the heavens declared His glory. The Word of God said, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. He said, I am the Father one. You say, preach, I don't understand that. How can God... And the Father be one. Well, I, I'll explain that to you. I'm so glad you asked this morning. As a matter of fact, uh, God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, they're three in one. And I don't have time to preach all that to you, but while we're passing through it this morning, I'll go ahead and help you a little bit. Did you know that you're a three-part being as well? You're made up of body, soul, and spirit. You, you, you've got a you've got an earthly tabernacle. You've got an eternal tabernacle, and and and, and you've got an emotional tabernacle. That you that, that you got a body. You got a soul. One of them is what everybody sees, and then one of them is your emotional side. What's inside you? Your mind. Your your, your thinking. Your heart. Your your emotions. And one of them is that eternal soul that is going to be in eternity with God. But when you see me, you don't say that. I say. Brother Josh's, uh, I see the preacher's uh, uh, soul. You don't see my soul. You say, preacher, when I see you, you say, when I see his, I see his spirit. No, when you see me, you see all of me this morning, all wrapped up in three part being of one. Just like your blood. Did you know that your blood is, if you ever cut yourself, what did you see? You saw blood. You just seen one. But you know it's made up of red blood cells, white blood cells, and platelets. And I don't know the difference of the three. They're so closely intertwined. The red cells, the white cells, and the platelets are so closely intertwined that when you see it, it just looks like one. It just looks like blood. Well, you say, preacher, is that, listen, you, I can keep going down the line with, 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 with how God made everything in threes. You know what is representing God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. You, 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 uh, you're made up of a muscular, skele- or a muscular system, you're made up of a skeletal system, and you're made up of a nervous system. The earth is made up of crust 
and mantle and, and, and core. You see, God, and, and, and when I, when I see, when I, when you look at me, you don't see my muscular system or my nervous system or my skeletal system, but they're all in me, making me. And Jesus is a part of God as much as God is a part of Jesus, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. They're all three in one. So this Bible explains itself. Creation explains itself. The heavens declare His glory. The, the, the earth thunders His praise. I'm trying to tell you at Calvary this morning when Jesus bowed His head and gave up the ghost and said, Father, it is finished into Thy hands. I commend my spirit. And the Word of God said that the earth quaked and the rocks were rent and the earth shook and the sun went black for those three hours of darkness when Jesus bowed His head on Calvary. The whole earth grumbled and the whole earth quaked at the death of Jesus. It was declaring He is the Creator God. He was in the beginning. He said, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord. I'm glad He's the first and the last. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. And thank God this morning you can trust in Him because you can see Him in creation. He was there. Uh, when you wasn't there, he was there. He told Job, he said, were you there? Were you there, Job? Were you there? And Job's answer and response was, I was not there, but God was there. I'm trying to tell you this morning, I'm glad I serve a God that's bigger than me. You know why I have peace and comfort and contentment in my soul? It's not because, it's not, it's because I don't have a God that I carry around on a stick or a statue and I put him up on the mantle somewhere. But I have a God, thank God, that created me in the likeness an image of almighty God I had a God I have a God that created me and carries me and cares for me in creation we see he made the world I'm glad thank God that he did you don't have to look far to see him in creation he was there he made all this spoke all of it into existence I'm, 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 I'm thoroughly, that's why we have a Christian school. I'm, 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 I'm thoroughly uh, irritated and aggravated and mad that evolution is taught uh, uh, by the so-called scholarly minds of our day and mandated that it be taught to our children and from the time that their children are small they're being fed uh, that God and, and some, some, some say well preacher some of them and listen I'm not talking about our, our teachers I believe we've got some good teachers uh, uh, in America I believe there's some folks that love the Lord and they teach in the public schools but I'm talking about what is pushed down and what is made and what is passed off as truth and they're made to believe a lie they're made to teach a lie they're made to believe that we came from nothing you wonder you ever wonder why this morning this world world is so, is so upset and so wicked and so depraved. It's because they have no meaning of life. They have no purpose in life. If, if, if you're here by an accident because something blew up in the galaxy, then what is the purpose of life? That's what everybody's trying to figure out. What is my purpose in life? Why am I here? And there's no answer because we're all accidentally here. But I'm telling you, thank God I was fearfully and wonderfully made in the image of God. I'm not an accident this morning and neither are you. God has a purpose in your life and for your life. God created you for His his glory. We see Him in creation. Let me say this to you this morning in our same text. We see Him 
at Calvary. Look, look with me uh, in chapter number 2 and verse number 9. But we see Jesus who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he by the grace of God should taste death for every man, because for it, beca- before it became him for whom are all things and by whom are all things, in bringing many sons unto glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. He made himself a little lower than the angels, took on him our sin, became the captain of our salvation at Calvary. We see him at Calvary. I'm trying to tell you, if you're looking for him, you ought to look at creation to start with, Genesis 1. He's there, he was there, he is there, he's eternal, he's there. Say, preach this morning, I can wrap my mind around. You don't have to figure God out, you're just going to learn to figure him in. So you're trying to figure him out, and that's where you're messing up. Why don't you just figure him in? We walk by faith and not by sight. Well, it was a good day in my life when I figured out that I'm just going to trust him. Cause I, I, don't know, I don't know how he got where he is, but I know he is. I, I, know, he, I know he is. I know he was and he is to come. He's Alpha and Omega. He's the beginning and the end. And I don't know how he got, but he's always been there and he still is there and he still is here. He's living in me and I'm living in him and I'm going to go be where he is. And I'm glad, thank God, I saw him in creation. But one day I saw him at Calvary. I saw him at the shame of Calvary. You realize, and I, I know this is bouncing around a lot, but I... You just stay with me, I'm going somewhere. Do you realize this morning the shame that Jesus took on himself at Calvary? I want, I, want, I want to ask you a question. What's the worst day of your life that you still can't get over? Uh, don't answer it out loud, but something you did, decision that you made, sin. And now you live with that shame in your mind every day of your life. It's there. And it don't matter how forgiving it is, the devil brings it up, and, 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 and you think about it. You, you, ever, you, ever, you ever wake up in the middle of the night, you ever wake up in the morning, and, and, and your sin, of your past gone days is in your mind? It's right there. Boy, you talk about shame. I, there's some things I'm ashamed of. There's some things I've done since I've been saved that I'm thoroughly ashamed of. I mean, if I could go back, I'd thought about it a million times. I'd go back. I'd change it. I'd do it over again. I'd fix it. I'm so ashamed of my sin. Boy, I'm going to tell you something this morning. You ought to be ashamed of your sin. You, you, ought, you ought to be ashamed of your sin. But did you know at Calvary, the Lord Jesus bore the shame of every man's sin on his own shoulders? He who knew no sin became sin that we might become what He is and who He is. He who knew no sin, He took on our sin. And you go back to the worst day of your life. You go back to the most shameful moment in time in your existence and the shame that still lives in your mind and lives in your life and and the shame that you bear. And I'm telling you, Jesus took all of it at Calvary. Oh, when I look at Jesus hanging there on the cross and I see Him dying in my place, taking my shame. I want to say I'm glad, thank God, that I see him at Calvary. Thank God, bearing the shame of sin. Not only the shame, but the suffering at Calvary. 
I don't have time this morning to go into too much detail, but the suffering that our Savior took on Himself and in Himself in His own body as His blood was shed, that spotless blood of the Lord Jesus as He died there in agony and pain. And He cried out, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And He cried out, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And He was still on Calvary's cross full of grace and truth and mercy. And there as He hung and died with that crown of thorns plated in His head and the cat of and tails had scourged his back and he had been taken to the whipping post and, and the blood was shed beyond recognizing of a man and as they plucked his beard and they spit in his face and they mocked him and they lied and they ridiculed him and they beat him and they bruised him and the word of God said in Isaiah 53 by his stripes we are healed and thank God this morning he took our suffering he took our stripes at Calvary and I say thank God that I saw him on the cross one day dying in my place taking my pain taking what was due me taking what I owed oh them stripes were for me you say preacher I don't believe it you better by his stripes we are healed he was bruised for our transgression. All we like sheep have gone astray according to the word of God. By his stripes we're healed. We, he was bruised for our transgression. He, he took our iniquity. He took our sin. He paid our sin debt on Calvary's cross. Let me ask you a question this morning. Have you ever seen him bruised and bleeding on Calvary's cross through the eye of faith and realized that he did it for you? You know it's amazing to me that folks believe in God. They believe in Jesus. They believe Jesus died on the cross. But what they don't believe is who Jesus said that He is. They don't believe He's the Son of God. They believe Jesus died, but they don't believe it was for them. They believe He died for a religious persecution. He was a religious man that said things that the other religious people didn't like. And so Jesus died a religious persecution. He died a martyr for his cause is what they believe. I'm going to tell you something this morning. Jesus didn't die because somebody took his life. He was not martyred. He was not murdered. Jesus laid down his life freely that you might live your life under the grace of God. Jesus paid the sin debt on Calvary's cross with his own blood and he paid it in full. And thank God as he stretched open his arms on Calvary's cross, it was that whosoever could, would call upon the name of the Lord would be saved. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, and whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. He took all your suffering that you. He took your hell. He took it from you. Well, if you die without Him this morning, you sure die in a bad place because you didn't have to die without Him. He took it. He took it. I see Him at Calvary. We see Jesus, Paul said. I'm trying to get you to see Him at Calvary. Dying for you, dying as you, dying because of you. And all of them Roman soldiers mocked him and as they parted his garments and as they distributed the thing, the belongings of Christ there at the foot of Calvary and as they spit on him, as they plucked his beard, as they mocked him and ridiculed him, Jesus was not giving his life up in murder. Jesus was laying his life down because he had you in mind and he had me in mind. You said, preacher, you believe I was in his mind when he was on the cross. I was on his mind. When he was on the cross, you were on 
on his spine. He knew you. He knew you. He knows you. You say, preacher, I wasn't even born. I'm talking about the creator God. I'm talking about the God that knows yesterday, today, and forevermore. He was in the beginning and he's in now and he'll be in tomorrow. He hung there in your stead. How foolish would it be to pass Calvary, see Calvary, and Jesus there and walk right by and die and go to hell. But many do it. Many see Him. Many have the opportunity. I've dealt with folks and they were this close to getting saved. They were this close to giving God their life. They were this close to surrendering their life to Christ. They were this close to getting born again. And, 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 and what was it? Was it who was it? Uh, 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 Festus uh, uh, that said, "Almost thou, our King Agrippa, almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian." Paul, almost you've been preaching to me. Almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. And yet he saw Jesus at Calvary and die and went to hell. And oh, listen to me. I'm glad there was a day when I saw him dying for me and dying as me. And I realized if I'd call on his name, I could be born again. That salvation was for me. I said salvation was for me. And I'm telling you this morning, it's for you. You can be born again. As a matter of fact, you must be born again. We see him. You want to find him? Why don't you look at Calvary for a little while? You'll find him. The thief found him. That Roman soldier found him when he said, surely this is the Son of God. You say, preacher, where else can I find him? You can find him in his counsels or the Word of God if you want to find him. Paul, chapter 2, verse 6, but one in a certain place testified saying what is man that thou art mindful of him or the son of man that thou visitest him you know what Paul's doing he's quoting Old Testament scripture Psalms and David what is man it's twice in the book of Psalms and once in the book of Job what is man that thou art mindful of him <clears throat> book of Psalms said lo I come talking about Jesus I come in the volume of the book it is written of me you want to know what that book's about you got your Bible with you this morning you want to know what that Bible's about about Jesus. I said, well, it's life lessons to live by. It's instruction. And it is instruction. And you can live your life by it. But that book right there is a hymn. In the beginning, John 1, I quoted to you a minute ago, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He is the Word, and the Word is Him. And and, and He was in the beginning, and the Word was in the beginning. You can find Him in Scripture. Somebody say, I can't find him. I've prayed, I can't find him. Won't you, won't you find him in the Word of God? Won't you find Jesus in the Word of God? He's in the beginning, he's, in the, he's through every page, he's in every subject. He is the subject of the book. We see him. You want to know why that Bible's so sweet to the Christian? Because they see Jesus in it. They see Jesus in it. I'm asking you this morning, do you see him? In creation, do you see him? At Calvary, do you see him? Have you seen him on the cross, paying your debt? In, in his counsels of the word of God, do you see him? I'll tell you where else we see him, it's right there in our text. We see him in the church. 
Look, I'm going to read it and I'll be done here in a minute. Look in Hebrews chapter 2, verse number, verse number uh, 11. For both he that sanctifieth and they who are sanctified are all of one, for which cause he is not ashamed to call them brethren, saying, I will declare thy name unto my brethren in the midst of the church will I sing praise unto thee. And again... I will put my trust in him. And again, behold, I and the children which God hath given me. He said it'd be in the midst of the church. You know, I have a hard time this morning with folks that say, oh, I love Jesus, I just don't love the church. You know, that's not possible. That only makes sense. You know who the church is? Number one, it's his body. It's not the church described as the body of Christ. So that means I love Jesus, I just don't love his body. He's the head of the church. And the church is the body of Christ. And if you're going to find Him, you'll find Him at the church. And if you love Him, you'll love His body. You know who else the church is described as? It's described as His brethren. As a matter of fact, in Hebrews, uh, right there in chapter 2, He talks about us as brethren. We're His brethren. I got news for you. I got three brothers and I love all of them, and we got the same blood flowing through our veins, and I'd fight for any of them. Somebody help me right there. And you're going to have a hard time loving, loving, uh, loving Jesus and not loving his brethren. First John said, For we know we pass from death unto life. By this we know we pass from death unto life, because we love thee, brethren. So you get saved full of God. God will put a love in your heart for the brethren. You can't help it. You can't help it. Do you know who else the church is? It's his bride. I got a bride this morning. And I love all of y'all, but I love her more than all y'all. She's better looking than all y'all. Especially you men. Help me right there. I ain't never seen a pretty man. Always, some of them trying to be pretty. I mean, they try, they're trying real hard to be pretty. I ain't ever seen a pretty man. Somebody help me right there. Men are supposed to be hairy and ugly and overweight. Help me right there. And if you're skinny, you're still ugly. Bunch of men in our day. I seen a boy yesterday, and he had hair longer than his girlfriend. He was doing this right here with him. The wind was blowing. I was at the pilot pumping diesel in my truck. And the wind was blowing and his hair was just. <laughs> oh, he's trying to be pretty. He just don't know he ain't. I'm going to tell you something. You love me. You love my bride. That'd be like me saying, oh, I love the Godby family. I love you, TJ. I just don't care nothing for your wife. And you'd say, well, preacher, I I love you, but we're going to have a hard time. Huh? This is my wife. That's right. Jeffrey, I I, I love you. I can do without your bride, but I love you. You'd say, I love you, man, but, I mean, come on, God gave her to me. That's your bride, ain't it? And I do love you. And I do love you. Y'all understand? 
Jesus loves his bride. And if you ever get saved, you'll love his bride. And there's some of us sometimes hard to love, but you'll figure out how to do it in spite of us. Oh, I'd, I'd go down there to the church, but all them folks are hypocrites. Join the crowd, why don't you? You're down there at the house calling them hypocrites because they're down at the church. And you're at the house being a hypocrite because you're judging them. All them people down at church is judgmental. I, you know, I talk to some of them and they're judgmental. You walk in there and they'll look at you and they're judgmental. You know what you're doing, you hypocrite? You're sitting at the house judging them for being judgmental. Problem is, you ain't fell in love with the bride and the body and the brethren because you hadn't seen him in the church. But he's there. You remember when you got saved? Well, Dallas, can I draw it? Can I embarrass you? I won't do it too bad. I won't say what. But I remember when Jeffrey got saved and he's working on you and he'd say, man, I talked to Dallas, but Dallas said this, Dallas said that. I mean, that's true. I'm not going to say all that. That's, that's what you do when you're lost. You've got to make an excuse for, 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 for not being a part of the church. But boy, I ain't heard that kind of talk since God saved you. As a matter of fact, you're just in the middle of all of this. You, you say, what are you talking about? Well, you used to say stuff like, Oh, them folks down at church, they, they're just fanatics. Anybody ever heard anything like that? Oh, they're just fanatics. I'm almost done preaching. I know I've been long-winded and scattered. I'm almost done. But, but, but come back tonight. Maybe you'll get a better dose of preaching. I'll do the best I can. Oh, they're just fanatics. Them folks are crazy. I've even heard, oh, them folks, they, 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 they're some kind of religious goofs. They're some kind of religious nuts. I mean, they just go off the deep end. I mean, I believe in church, but they go to church all the time. I mean, you hear about that three-week revival? Who in the world needs to go to church for three weeks? And they go back on Sunday night and Wednesday night and what in the world's the matter with them? And then and then they quit drinking and they quit smoking and cussing and, 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 and they're just against everything. And the truth of the matter is uh, we're not just against everything, uh, but we're for everything Jesus is for and against everything he's against. So, oh, you just went off the deep end and joined that church. I mean, couldn't you go to the other church or another church? Why'd you have to join that church? And then the Holy Ghost get a hold of their heart and save them real good. And they join that nut crowd. And they're just as nutty as everybody else. Somebody help me right there. And the truth of the matter is, is we're really not nutty. And weird, you know what's funny? The, the that the world calls the church weird and crazy and fanatics, and then they're the one doing this right here. <laughs> Have you been to the mall lately? And listen to me, and boy, I don't mean this judgmental. I I know God loves sinners. God will save any sinner that'll come to Him. Thank God that He will. God can save a messed up mind. God can save a messed up heart. God can save anybody that'll come to Him. But you see the effects of sin. A, a sinner that's lost, trying to live without God, will believe every wicked lie out of hell. But they want nothing to do with God. They want nothing to do with Jesus. I wonder why that is. It's because they're living in darkness. And Jesus is the light of the world and they want nothing to do with the light but thank God one day I saw the light thank God and the light was shining 
darkness of my heart. And I see Jesus now. Unlike I ever have. You see, we see Jesus. The world can't find him. The world can't see him. But if they look in creation, they'd see him. If you're lost this morning, won't you hang out in creation for a little bit? Think about that. Think about it. How did you really get here? What's your purpose in being here? And then when you get done with creation, get over to Calvary and see that man Christ dying in your place, paying your sin debt. I want you to come to the piano. I've told you this story before. Old missionary on the mission field, I believe in India, years ago. Said his heart got a little cold, calloused. And uh, he's praying, said, I'd like to go to Calvary in my, in my mind and see it more clearly than I ever have. I want to see what Jesus did for me. Said, so I got praying, Lord, would you show me the work of Calvary in my mind's eye? Let me see it. What it really was. I'm going to tell you something this morning. Little stuff that we fight about and complain about are nothing in comparison to what Jesus did for us on Calvary. Aren't we? We're so finicky, ain't we? I mean, it's so silly, really. I, 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 I preach. And have three people get saved and somebody will be upset that I went too long. They may not would say it, but they'll be upset about it. Carnal. I can preach and, and, and God move in here and somebody will complain about the pews. Maybe not to me, but they'll be carnal, finicky, silly. That fella had gotten cold in his heart. He said, I'm going to pray. I, I, I need to see Jesus more clearly. I need to see him. And in his praying, one day the Lord showed him Calvary in his heart, his eye, mind's eye through the eye of faith. He said, I seen him there as he hung on the cross. He said, that crown of thorns plated in his head. He said, I seen the blood trickle down his face down his beard what was left of it down his body he said I seen all them high society rulers he said I seen Pilate I seen Pilate the governor who had let them have Jesus turn Jesus over he said I seen him. the kings of the ages the presidents that would come down the line the high in society and he says I saw that blood trickle down the head he said I saw it die I saw him dying and bleeding for the heads of society in this world he said I saw he said is that soldier pierced his side now come that side came blood and water he said I saw that blood coming out he said and it was for all those that were gathered, those Jews around the cross, that blood coming out of his side, it was for them. For all of those that were yelling, crucify him, crucify him, knowing not what they were yelling, as he cried, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He said, I saw the 
It's that blood that dripped from his feet, from holy feet of the Lord Jesus. I saw that blood. He said it was for all them beggars, for all them low down, for all them poor in society, for the outcast, for the drunkard, for the homeless, for, for, the, for the drug addict, for the prisoner, for those in the bottom barrel of society. The blood trickled down his feet for them. For them in downtown districts, Brother Chris, that God's put your heart in. Your heart in that ministry, that blood dripping down his feet was for those on the bottom to get under the blood. That blood from the head was for those in the high courts of society and the feet for those at the bottom of society and the side for all of those around the cross, those Jews. He said, but I seen one more. He said as they nailed him, nails into his hands, them outstretched hands. He said, them arms open wide, that blood that trickled down. He said, that was that blood for the Gentiles, for the whosoever. Whosoever. Yeah. Call upon the name of yeah. the Lord, shall be saved. He said, I saw myself at Calvary. As Jesus stretched out wide his arms on that Roman cross and that blood dripped from his hands and from his feet and from his head and from his side, that blood poured out. And he said, I saw a room, I saw a room in Calvary for me. He said, I saw the open arms for me. He said, the blood was shed for me. I want to say, I want you to see it for you this morning. I want you to go to Calvary. I want you to see Jesus, the blood that he shed was for you, not for the world only, but for you this morning. If you're lost, you ought to pile up in the altar and get saved. If you're saved this morning, you ought to live your life for Christ because nobody would ever do what Jesus did for you and I. I want us to stand this morning. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. She's going to play, she's going to sing. Oh, but we see Jesus. Do you see Him this morning in creation? Do you see Him this morning at Calvary? Do you see Him this morning in the Word of God? Do you see Him this morning in the church? Thank God for His church. When I needed to get saved and I needed to find the Lord, I didn't look for Him in a pine tree. I didn't look for Him on a beach. I didn't look for Him in the mountains. I went down to the church. I knew that's where he'd be. And no doubt he is. Folks are praying all over the building. You mind the Lord this morning. Make you an altar somewhere. She's going to sing.